Excuse me, everybody. I'm Champion Editor-in-Chief Mike Cotton. Rachel, any luck tracking down the guy who gave you his pass to Hall H at San Diego Comic-Con a couple weeks ago? Unfortunately, no. But in my search, I did run into John Noble, who not only touched my shoulder, but winked at me. So I'm pretty sure I'm pregnant, and it's a boy. Awesome. Nix, any love connections? Uh, no, there was just that woman who flirted with me at that press conference who was, I mean, she was old. She was like your age, but what are you going to do? Uh, unfortunately, our resident master of disaster, Griff Newman, is on sabbatical. Uh, I guess he's off being a political animal. Instead, we are joined by managing editor Andy Serwin. Tell me, Andy, how bad was that pun I just made? Oh, I can't believe I let Cotton talk me into coming here. <laughs> okay. Guys, this is the Nerdy 30 from... We start out this week as we do every week with the top stories, and the top story is Dark Knight Rises. Griff, Rachel, you have differing opinions. Griff's not here. I'm sorry. You're Nick's, not Griff. Wishful thinking. Don't even look alike. It's true. (laughs) So, you know, for that reason alone, Rachel, what did you think of the flick? It was the bomb. Did we start the clock? We started the clock. Who cares? Because guess what? Dark Knight Rises was great. Uh, I've seen, like, three movies that I liked this year, and this was one of them loved it and Hathaway was she and Hathaway was unquestionably she was amazing. so much better than I thought she was going to be amazing and then some um, also was surprised to see Juno Temple in this movie for five seconds she should have been in more of the movie the script was a little bit dumb the sometimes, script was mostly terrible but I think we were trying to say at the beginning I was like I should maybe not be here but it got great Bane's whole plan was completely stupid and made no sense just in case I, you hadn't noticed disagree. It was completely stupid. Sit in Gotham for five months with a nuclear bomb? What's yeah, the point? Well, Batman's back is... Look, if I'm Batman... Here's, here's my question for you. <laughs> Spoiler it seems warning. Like, it seems like... Part of, like It doesn't make any sense for Leonardo DiCaprio to go into a guy's dreams to enact a plot so he can get back to the United States. But I give it that, like... It seems like you just don't... No. I buy the idea that we're in the future and there's a dream machine and because the whole plot is centered around this device. So you have to accept that in order to like be okay with it. So you don't accept the premise of Dark Knight Rises. No, I don't accept that Bane's plan even vaguely works. There's 12 million people in Gotham City. Not a single one of them was like, hey, we should do something about this crazy guy in the weird mask and the nuclear bomb. He's stronger than everything ever. If anyone crosses the bridge, he blows up the city. I just don't know what options anyone has. I think that the plan was... You know, there have been better evil villain plans, but I think it was fine. It's a terrible plan. Where does it rank in terms of comic book movies overall? Oh, I mean... um, Top 10, top 5, top 25? Is it it an appropriate cap to the trilogy? I think it's top 10, just because there aren't a lot of other contenders for genuinely great movies. What about the Batman trilogy? In the Batman trilogy, it's above begins for me because of the first ten minutes and the last two minutes were so good that I can forgive the rest of the movie. Honestly, even though the rest of the movie is unbearably long. If you're enacting a five-month plan, I don't need to see all five months of it. Loved it. Felt like it was a 15-minute film. I was transported to Gotham. I was transbored it to wanting to sleep. Guys, next topic. Ant-Man, some footage we've seen at San Diego Comic-Con... Who do you guys think should play the lead in this movie? Whether it be Hank Pym or who's Scott the other? Lang. Scott Lang. Or Eric, probably not Eric Grady. I don't like that guy. Andy? Mike, I'm going to drop a little name on you. 
Well, Please do. The main, the main, do, it, do it quickly. The podcast, as this is the, time time the mainstream media likes to call him the baby goose. Uh, My pick would be Ryan Gosling. Mostly just for nice. the opportunity yep. to get him on the casting couch myself. My question would be, is he funny <laughs> enough? Is he funny enough to do a movie with Edgar Wright? I say look at Crazy Stupid Love, where he showed enough. Rachel, who's your pick? Uh, I said Josh Holloway. Great. I don't know who that is. He's Sawyer from Lost. Too old? No. No, No, he can play a little younger. Is Robert Downey Jr. too old to play Iron Man? Uh, No, but I think... He's got a swagger that makes him... He doesn't look scientist to me, I think. I He's the sexiest Ant-Man who ever curled in a hole. Oh, yeah. <laughs> homemade glasses from the beach. I do remember they oh, had glasses, yeah. obviously. Yeah. No. Nick, what about you? He's red. My suggestion is Aaron Paul from Breaking Bad fame. I think he's, he's young. I'm amazed he hasn't been in more movies in between, like, big blockbuster movies yet. It's time for him to, like, move up and do some crazy I things. think, obviously, the, the fan favorite is Nathan Fillion. Yeah. Right, Fillion, um, which uh, no one seems super impressed by in this room. But I want to change the discussion just in the middle of this one. All right. Who should voice Rocket Raccoon? Uh, the uh, what's the name of that guy from Justified? The bad guy from the Dixie Mafia and Justified. Oh, that? that is fantastic! I don't Paul know his Montgomery name. Montgomery of iFanboy. I'm going to name check him here. Suggested, what? Win Duffy is this character name? I can't remember his real name, but that guy would be amazing as Rocket Raccoon. Yes, I I was actually thinking I of the main bad guy. That. On the cartoon, he has a British accent, which I don't buy for one second. I kind of thought maybe Stephen Merchant. Oh, Stephen Merchant would be great. Ooh, that's a good suggestion. Or uh, what about... Uh, Wayne Duffy is played by Jerry Burns. Jerry Jerry, Jerry, Jerry Burns. Burns. That yes. sounds right. Yeah. It's spelled G-E-R-E. J-E-R-E. Yeah, Jerry Burns. Burns. Anywho. Guys, next topic. Mike, uh, Nix, you've done some reporting on this. Monkey Brain. Huge. What is this the new image? This is kind of like direct through comicsology. It's creators pretty like no print, just going straight to digital. There's nothing like this. I think this is the first massive push of digital comics I've ever seen, certainly. It's comicsology doing something nobody thought they would do, which is release original content uh, through their platform. It's brilliant. And plus it's they have an image uh, like image now's uh, uh, caliber of talent working on their books. Their roster is Willingham and Roberson's writing two books now, and Matthew Dow Smith from the Doctor Who comics, um, and a bunch of web comics talent I really like. Ming Doyle, uh, Haley and Franklin from Let's Be Friends Again. It's huge. And, and I think you could argue that's not that's not quite image level talent. I think you have a lot of. I think that I think that in five years we'll be talking about them like they're image level talent. So it's well, I think that's that's my people. overall question. Is the, is this the new image yeah, direct to digital? It's very it's, little overhead. This and is that very generation. Quick print. This is that. This is the next generation of creators. Everyone's going to be talking about. And Roberson's got the corner on all of them. Well, this is this is my question because I'm not a guy super familiar with him. What makes Roberson the guy who's running this thing? What well, like he seems to be the point person leader of this. Monkey Brain Comics is the extension of his uh, book company, Monkey Brain Books which has been releasing content, releasing books, like big old hardcover books for a long time. So him making the move into comics, it's logical, he is a comics writer, and his wife is pretty tactically sound when it comes to business, it seems like. They've run a company for years, it's been successful. Andy, what do you think about this? I'm familiar with Chris Roberson, some of his body of work from the stuff he's done on Vertigo, but I would say this, if he owns an Italian villa and is driving a Ferrari in 10 years, 
then I'll say, okay, they're image level. But I don't believe for one second that they could generate the kind of revenue for themselves. I think in terms of what they're doing as a movement, like image became for the creator thing, this could be what's going to unite the web guys and some of the guys who maybe don't get as much play in print and would be th more of a well, I think philosophical This thing. would be a bigger story. I mean, Willingham is... Willingham's the biggest guy created. Yeah. I mean, the, Willingham, Willingham is the biggest guy associated with this in terms of, like, mainstream kind of comics. Yeah. I mean, but if you got someone like the level of a... A, a Mark Miller, a Brian Hitch, someone that's kind of a a superstar, that yeah. would kind of elevate you to the image level. Well, I don't think, well, I don't think they can necessarily afford that right now. Well, <laughs> I think also, well, I guess that's my. But I think that, isn't I think this all creator can, owned? You're not getting paid yeah. by Comicsology, right? I, I don't know how that side of the thing works. To be honest, I mean, I'm it's, just, it's frankly lot, impressed by the roster people they have. And I think it's a lot tougher a for a guy like Grant Morrison to say, "Hey, I'm gonna." Isn't it easier for Grant Morrison, who has a lot of Grant money, Morrison. to just sit down and say, like, hey, I'm going to write a comic a guy like and put it out digitally and get a guy to, like, it, you own it, you can sell it to Hollywood, who doesn't? Like, we're going to talk more about Grant Morrison yes. a little bit later, but okay. we're going to come back to that. Dirty Laundry is the new Punisher film. I think you mean hashtag Dirty Laundry. Hashtag Dirty Laundry. You can look it up on YouTube. Punisher film... Starring Thomas Jane, fan film, about 15 minutes long. Is it the best Punisher movie ever? Um, it's easily the best Punisher movie ever when you consider the competition. You've got the Dolph Lundgren movie, which most people don't remember exists. There's one with Billy Zane, right? No, that's the no. Phantom. That's oh, the, you're thinking about the Phantom. He did have a skull. Yeah, uh, that's what it was. Punisher is not purple, by the way. Not everyone. at all. He's all black. Uh, then I'm just confusing the skeleton. Skull. Yeah. Burning time I'm on the a Phantom. Woman. <laughs> Whoa, that is not a uh, acceptable. Andy, thing. you were thinking it. I was never thinking that. Tom Jane, was he the best guy to play the Punisher? Yeah. And I, all honesty, yes, I did not see the last says. Punisher movie. He he that is became directed DVD. Don't, far, no, far, no, away, far and away the best actor who's ever portrayed the part. And to be fair, Tom Jane is pretty good in some of the better movies he's in. I mean, you know he. I mean. For a while, Tom Jane was, was Tim Bradstreet's cover model for The Punisher. Like, he's The Punisher. So, if I, I'm not sure where the rights stand, but if if possible, should Marvel reincorporate Marvel, The I Punisher into... I think Marvel got the rights back. Didn't, I, I, I think so, too. I'm not sure exactly. I'm not sure my, that's true, but I think that's true. My pitch to Marvel right now, because I'm pretty sure uh, Fox had the rights or Lionsgate had the rights. Whoever had the rights just gave them back because they realized they completely So, should this. they bring Thomas Jane back as The Punisher? If I'm Marvel... Right now, I say, chip off a million dollars, give it to this, this guy who made this movie, tell him to go wild. FX-style, two-hour television movie with Tom Jane if he'd do it in he that would, way. He'd clearly do it. I'd watch it. I'd watch it. I'd watch it. Weekly. Guys, last topic. San Diego Comic-Con gave us kind of the first big look at fall TV. I think genre TV begins and ends with Doctor Who mm -hmm. for me. Um, what did you guys see? What impressed you the most and what impressed you the least? Rachel? I wasn't impressed by a whole lot. Uh, Arrow was fine, but Weirdly humorless. Really serious. Yeah. Super serious. Completely humorless. Uh, 666 Park Ave was just goofy. Um, I'm going to keep watching it. 
But because but, it's goofy? But because it's goofy, not because nice. I'm expecting... Is it Fantasy Island in a hotel? Like, you get kind of a dream stay and... You get kind of a dream stay. I'm not familiar. Is this an old people thing? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> awesome. I should hip it up. <laughs> Andy, what do you think about my Fantasy Island reference? Uh, Andy Sherman has collapsed with laughter. If, if that's Rachel's response, I'm ready for the old folks home. <laughs> it's over. Time Andy, do you Take know is it, is it Fantasy <laughs> Island in a hotel? It's Fantasy Island in a hotel. Okay, thank you. Alright, All right, there you go. There we go. Uh, thing I most, I will, not so much, I'm excited because I was surprised by it. I got to see the pilot for Elementary. I thought it was fantastic. Um, and mean, you're a fan of Sherlock, I'm a the huge BBC, fan of Sherlock. which is... I've read the books before. It's Sherlock. the bee's knees. It is. It's the bee's knees. Cat's pajamas? Yes. Well. I think uh, Johnny Lee Miller's uh, Holmes is a lot different than Benedict Cumberbatch's Sherlock. There's nothing to worry about. Fans, don't freak out. Just enjoy it. But how's Lucy Liu? Did we get from right. Rachel what you were least impressed by? Oh, least? She was Oof. basically impressed by, like, nothing. I mean, okay. Colt, I'm... Jeez, I don't know. I don't know. Revolution was pretty lame. <laughs> On that definitive statement, we're going to go to break, but we're going to be right back, and we're going to talk about upcoming superhero movies. Guys, we're back with a segment we call... The Great Eight. This week's topic, now that we're past the hype of Dark Knight, Avengers, Amazing Spider-Man, let's look to next summer. You've got Iron Man 3, The Wolverine, the Wolverine, and Man of Steel from Zack Snyder. Give me Off the top, give me those release dates, Nick. Man of Steel, June 14th. The Wolverine, apologies, Lame. July 26th. Iron Man 3, May 3rd. Andy, what, 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 which one of these do you think is going to be the best movie? Wow. Boom. I'm going to go with Iron Man 3. Agreed. I have higher hopes for that just based on Shane Black's involvement. Uh, director RG of Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, yes. writer of The Last Boy Scout, The Weevil Weapon Trilogy. Not scared after the Iron Man 2 uh, badness. See, Nix, you say that, but I kind of didn't really... I liked Iron Man 2. I'm not going to... Whatever. That's what I'll say about it. But, Just uh, asking the question. You know, I think uh, then you're going to get more Don Cheadle in this one. You're going to oh, yeah. get uh, a lot of Sir Ben Kingsley up in this piece. So I think uh, Iron knighted. Man 3's got you know, a, a nice looking future. Rachel, do you have a pick from these three? I'm going to agree. Um, Superman looks kind of like it's going to be a, an attempt at a wheat fest, but kind of boring and lame. Yeah, agreed. Um, I don't know. Superman to me, it seems like Warner Brothers has forgotten that nobody cares about Superman. Like, but Superman's the most no, like it goes. I get like Superman is the hero everybody knows, but the 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 trailer I watched was like, oh, we get it. You're in awe and reverence of the Man of Steel, and I'm not. I saw Superman Returns. He's a mopey, weird, deadbeat dad. I don't care about Superman. The and I read it. The did, did, did that many people even remember that movie at this point? In, in the way I that information not. and, and yeah, ideas move. My, my main complaint is that Warner Brothers seem ideas move. My main complaint is is the fact that Warner Brothers doesn't huh. seem to notice that that they need to sell something. They need to impress me, and that trailer didn't impress me. It looked like Tree of Life with a flying man at the end. But you, know, Zack Snyder, does action well. He does. Three hundred Dawn I mean, of the Dead. 
Even want... Sucker Punch, the action is good. The story isn't there. I don't know but... if I want to see Superman move really fast and really slow than really fast 500 times. But I'm that's what that Superman excited. does. I what know. else could you do with Superman that would be better? I'll tell you what Superman doesn't do. He doesn't go fishing. Yeah, I don't know what Superman's guess But isn't that kind of like the Mark Wade birthright? Like, hey, he went around and did odd jobs. Yeah, but he didn't do, do guest star roles on Deadliest Catch for Sweeps Week. That's not what Superman does. He goes around the world and helps people, not catches crabs. All right, well, we haven't really talked the at all animal, about... Not the, you know, STD. We haven't talked at all about Wolverine. The. The Wolverine. Wolverine. I'm sorry. Chris McQuarrie, who wrote... Usual Suspects wrote this movie, and it's supposed to be based on something in Japan, although it seemed the debate was, is this the Brian K. Vaughn Yeah, because I'd seen version, some or is this the that looks like he's in like the jail cell from that Brian K. Vaughn arc, but I think everyone would be more excited for some Miller Claremont action. Keep in mind, that Wolverine miniseries that you're talking about is only three issues, so the fact that you're trying to stretch that out into a big feature-length movie probably is unrealistic. I would think I that's combined with the Claremont and maybe some other Japan yeah. stuff. You're never going to get just a But it seems like the cast list, like from, from characters, are the it's the Claremont, Frank Miller yeah. story. Wolverine have, goes to Japan. Do you have anybody else confirmed on this movie that is coming out next year other than Hugh Jackman? There's definitely... I, I cannot name them, nor could I even look them up right now. All right. But there's definitely actors cast as the Silver Samurai. I think both the female Japanese leads are cast. The only one they're waiting on now is Viper, which was Jessica Biel was in talks for, dropped out. And now there's a Russian model, I think Andy said before, maybe. There's, there was some Who knows? Actually, Andy, know Andy has a lot. face on a Don't look ask on. me to recall what her Svetlana name Svetlana Kodchenkova is rumored as Viper, you guys. We, I don't know We apologize, Miss... Last name in parentheses. Her name's Svetlana. That's so it doesn't right, sound like on. anyone. It, it, is it What's odd that there's chance? a movie coming out next summer that there wasn't any footage or excitement about at Comic-Con yeah. this year? Wow, this is a list of people I've it's never heard of. Oh, oh wait. Hang on. Okay. William Lee? Fantastic. I love that guy. All right. I don't know who that is. I or think he's talking Agent about. Zero, right? Isn't he that guy from... No, that's a different guy. Uh, William Lee was in the Witchblade TV show. Oh, oh. Andy, Andy and I have a, a story for the after show about going to the Witchblade uh, TV premiere. I loved that show growing up. We definitely need to talk about that. Oh, well, we'll bring that up. Bruce, mark a note for the after show. Fantastic. William Lee. The after notes. Love that guy. Uh, How much? We're done. What's going on? No, no, we we're going. Hey, we're gonna what's keep, going on for this week? We're going to keep going on for like another three minutes. It's oh, crazy. we're going to go for a full eight minutes? Yes. Jeez, this great eight thing is unbelievable. Well, I think uh, this is. I think one of my big questions is the Man of Steel trailer. I, I was firmly kind of. I did not dig it. I didn't like it. It didn't excite me of the movie. But other people told me they thought it was very much like the ad campaign they saw for the the, the Christian Bale reboot of The Dark Knight. Like it's giving you a lot of origin. It gives you a little like, hey, this guy isn't just a guy who's in a costume. It gives you a taste of that at the end, but this is kind of, it's a build-up story. That's what they want. I think that's what maybe mainstream wants. I just, I don't know. It was like know. the sad music from Lord of the Rings. It was like, we're yeah. going to the Grey Havens, and I Enya don't... is there, and also there's flying, though. Is Enya from Krypton? Is that like a thing? Yes. Oh, all right. Confirmed. Is there is there Enya any out. is there any difference Enya. or is which one is better the Kevin Costner or the Russell Crowe Crow one? That one, Russell Crowe. I say Kevin Costner. What? And I say this as uh, my love of Superman is almost entirely confined to All Star Superman. So the fact that Russell Crowe is quoting basically, I think it's the last issue of All Star Superman when when Kal El and Jor El are cruising in that 
weird car on Krypton and Superman's memory or whatever. Like, he's quoting that scene that Morrison wrote. So the fact that Crow is directly quoting Morrison dialogue should completely appeal to me, but I found something a lot more interesting and compelling about the Costner narration. More interested in Man of Steel or Wolverine? Man of Steel. Man of Steel or Wolverine? I saw the first Wolverine. Wolverine. I'm going to go against the green. I think you mean... Because but the, the top movie green. for everybody is Iron Man 3. Yes. Agreed. Yes. Yeah. That's where we're going to end it. We'll be right back with the rest of the Nerdy 30. back with Costume Change, in which our hosts will take on the persona of various industry figures. Nixon, let's start with you. You are Marvel's Editor-in-Chief, Axel Alonso. Alright. You're 18 months into your new gig. Uh, how tough is it to follow Joe Quesada, who was given so much creative freedom in the past? What's what's going on with you? I think, uh, as Axel Alonso, obviously, I'm, I'm kind of terrified, because Quesada did a lot of work with creating new properties and doing new things. But the problem is you have to keep these old licenses going. So, for example, you have to do a Captain Marvel book and, and at the same time to introduce a new Warbird because Carol Danvers isn't Warbird. I can only imagine how soon it'll be, it'll be till we have to see Ms. Is, Marvel again. Is it completely now? Is, is there a lot of more control where he has to do a lot of, I, I think know, he, corporate, I mean, he corporate has to be, goals instead of really creative overhaul? I think he has to just tend to the IPs for Disney at this point because Marvel has completely changed. The game has changed. Alright, Cotton, you're Grant Morrison and you're leaving Superman Batman in 2013. You have no superhero work planned. Uh, what are you thinking? Um, I am thinking that I am the I am the guy of my generation of writers, which is kind of the more the image generation than even the most recent Robert Kirkman, Bendis, Mark Miller generation. Fair. And I don't have a creator owned big property that's being developed. But like I'm thinking, like I want to get in on that. I should be doing stuff I own. I've got enough money from the corporate system that I should I should own whatever I create. That's what I'm thinking. So dinosaurs versus aliens, it is. Now? I think a, a work for hire for big movies is great. But if I'm Grant Morrison, I'm thinking any creator owned any work I want to do inside comics. There's no reason at this point I shouldn't own it because I can pull in writers, artists, or. or other artists to work with on stuff like this. Morrison's doing Happy next, right? With, uh, with Image, not. right? Yeah. We are moving Great. on. Nixon, you're Dan DiDio. Um, before Watchmen's doing pretty well, and people are excited about Before Sandman, uh, what other prequels do you want to see? Uh, I, uh, I think for Before stuff, we want to go nice to... a Kennedy uh, impersonation. I know, I was trying to do my DiDio, but I don't have that accent down. Anyway, uh, I think a lot of the stuff that, that DC's been doing has been kind of mining the Vertigo line for titles. Uh, not so much... Is Watchmen considered Vertigo? I mean, it was pre... Uh, it's pre-Vertigo, but it's really the first sort of Vertigo area. series. So give me, give me your hit list. Uh, I think if, I, uh, if I'm if i Dio, my hit list is Hellblazer. I want to see the early days of John Constantine, where that guy came from, what his history is. Which is another Alan Moore property. Well, of course it is. Uh, Preacher, I think, is ripe for some room before. There's plenty of Do stuff. Do you want to see more Jesse's dad in Vietnam or Cassidy earlier Well, I think on. if you're going to run it in a before Watchmen model and have multiple miniseries, you can do all of those things. You can tell the, the story of uh, Cassidy. You can tell the story of, of Custer's dad. What about superheroes? Um, superheroes, I would love to see a before Kingdom Come. I think there's plenty of room to play in that area and you have the same system you can do, you know, Batman, Superman, whatever you have to do. For those um, listening, that is a dog drinking water. In case, uh, in case you didn't the mic hear is that delightful sound. In case the mic is picking Save it up. Save for the after show, Merlot. Save for the after show. <laughs> Wait, I got, I got my fill, guys. I'm done drinking out of the bowl. Thank you, Andy. Oh, Andy Sermon was thirsty. Um, it's good he got ready. 
Andy, turn. you are Hellboy director Guillermo del Toro, and you and Ron Perlman are committed to a new Hellboy film. How do you plan to get this done? First thing we're going to have to do is cut the $65 million budget in half. No CGI, full practical effects, everyone's got to work on. for scale. Do you Isn't think that's going to be cheaper? more expensive at this point? I disagree. Look at the look at the amount of names in the credits for all the programmers you have to pay to do CGI now. I think it's actually cheaper to do practical effects with puppeteers and all that other jazz than it is to do CGI at this point. I can't argue with that. I want to see more puppets. I can, but personally. I don't have numbers. Well, but how are you how are you going to sell like the first Hellboy and second Hellboy were put out by different studios, I believe. Yes. Yes. And so, how do you sell a third studio on a movie that didn't do gangbusters? Isn't part of a franchise really the, the end of a franchise? I think a, a movie studio like Lionsgate would be the perfect kind of place where Hellboy three would end up. They could do it on the cheap. You could still get maybe one or two decent creative guys with Mignola and Del Toro on there. I think it's possible. I'm pretty sure Lionsgate All did too. Right. Just you know, guys, let's talk more Pretty about sure this in the, uh, in the After Dark, After Show, whatever it's called. Uh, We're really pushing this After like Show pretty hard, I like that now it's going to be in the dark. <laughs> in the, in We're the just going to turn the lights Cotton. Off. Cotton. You are DC Entertainment's Diane Nelson, and you've just seen Marvel outline an epic and much-cheered two years of movies. How are you feeling about the DC movie universe? I'm thinking I've got them right where I want them. I think everyone thinks that kind of DC is doing like another like half-hearted JLA, Man of Steel might be so-so. But I think this is the this is the CEO who at one time led Harry Potter from books to movies. I think she knows how to do that kind of stuff. I so think she what does is she waiting well. for? I think JLA is going to be the beginning. I think Man of Steel is the end of the bad like the stuff that kind of almost like Watchmen almost worked. Superman Returns almost worked. Well, why would you waste the time on something that's going to almost work? It was already in. It was already a go right. thing before she was really in charge of DC Entertainment. That's and true. I think God, with a strong a JLA, the, they're going to do the reverse of Marvel. They're going to do JLA with all the characters in it, big movies, and then branch out into their own movies. Diane, I, stop talking. We're out of time. We'll be back for our ending segment in just a second. Well done. <laughs> We're back, everybody, to wrap up the show. Rachel, any corrections today? Do we have the we have the director's name from the Dirty Laundry, Dirty Laundry Punisher movie. We do have it. We're all not great at pronouncing things, but it's Phil Jon Jonu Jonel. So they can just search for that on YouTube. Hashtag Dirty Laundry. Find out what's going on. You know, Andy, what did you learn in today's show? Lose this address. Never <laughs> accept this invite again. Rachel, what did you learn? I learned that uh, the Punisher and the Phantom are like more Almost more different than different. I'd like to <laughs> And two different people. Nick, what like, about you? Super different. Uh, I learned that Mike Cotton has a lovely fiance who makes delicious crescent rolls. It's very, very true. I learned that doing this in my apartment is much easier than going all the way to the city to do it. From now on, we're here. Agreed. 
Champion <laughs> Magazine's Nerdy 30 is produced by Rachel Lang, edited by Michael Cotton, exclusively created by Champion LLC Applications. Not the actual name of the company. We Champion will be Applications LLC is a correction. That that is correct. That's a correction for the end <laughs> of the podcast. A real correction. We're gonna be back next week with an after dark podcast. What? So look out for it. After dark. When our creative director Steve Blackwell says Don't say quesadilla. <laughs>